So Josh, uh, thanks so much for sitting down and chatting with me. Uh, let's talk about the retail space. You're pretty much an expert in that area. And you talk a lot about the Walmazon effect. What is the Walmazon effect for those who may not know? Yeah, so it's kind of a, I guess, a term that myself and, and Dan Lorenzo that owns uh, Ghost Lifestyle, a few years ago when we were talking, we kind of threw around this idea or like around the Walmazon effect. And it's really just Walmart and Amazon kind of mashed up together. And it's this concept where those two really large retailers are becoming like kind of sucking all the air out of the room. They're becoming that most important um, focal point in terms of the retail landscape. And not only for like the commerce side of things, because obviously those are the two biggest uh, mm -hmm. retailers, both the biggest online retailer and then the biggest brick and mortar retailer in terms of sales, but also just like influence and then where the attention is going from like consumers. So because they are also like the areas where the most amount of traffic is coming from when you're searching for information online about any products, it tends to be that consumers go there as a default over Google or anything like that. So it's really this kind of bigger effect of them really taking control of the whole kind of consumer retail market. And there's a ton of different kind of areas that any brand, if they're not paying attention to that and not realizing how I guess big and important that's become, they're they're really missing out on all the opportunities they can have. Yeah. So can can a company or a brand be successful if they just focus on those two? And on the other side of the spectrum, if they don't immerse themselves in, in either one of those channels, can they reach success in that way? Yeah, on the first part in terms of only focusing on there, yeah, I think this is a very new kind of thing that's happened. Um, Amazon only brands are really um, kind of further along where there's brands that only sell on Amazon or when I call only Amazon, it's kind of like 80% or more of their sales are coming from Amazon. They can get upwards of 10, 20, $50 million in terms of sales in just that one particular okay. area. So there are becoming a ton of like opportunities and each year more of the share dollars are going towards Amazon. So if you are building that thing up, you tend to have a lot of scale and a lot of ramp up to grow there. Walmart.com, just because it, they've been focusing on that a little bit less of time and, and maybe it's a little bit smaller of, of just like an online retailer, there's less examples of ones that have just used that. But what you can see with Walmart.com is if a product's doing extremely well, the merchandising teams um, are shared across online and brick and mortar. So you tend then to get um, space in their stores, yeah. which is the ultimate kind of goal for anybody, I think, is to get you know some type of shelf space for Walmart. And if a brand is not focusing on either one or, or just not paying attention at all, I would think they need to have an, a really good reason why they're not doing that. Um, maybe they are really strong in one area. Um, maybe they're a direct seller or they, they work through physicians or whatever the reason is. There's something probably that makes more sense for them to go toward towards that over the other two. But you know, you really got to know why you're not doing that. If you're just feeling like you don't want to do it just because you don't want to do it, that's probably the wrong move because mm -hmm. those two retailers are you know, the most important probably retailers that you're going to work with. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned brick and mortar. So let's talk about, you know, these specialty channels, GNC 2020 was a crazy year for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they teamed up with Walmart actually. So what did you make of that collaboration? Yeah, I've actually been kind of calling or, or predicting that since 2019 when they uh, started to um, do some of the more retail strategic partnerships. Um, 
they had a long-standing, I think two decade plus with Rite Aid. And there was actually an exclusivity clause within that contract with uh, GNC and Rite Aid, where if any other partner was within a mile of a, a Rite Aid, you weren't allowed to work with them. And that kind of handcuffed GNC not to be able to do that. But in 2019, when they renegotiated that contract, it, they broke that clause. They were kind of you figured out a way to get out of that one. And because of that, you started seeing them working with a ton of different other strategic partners. Mm -hmm. They were working with Dick's Sporting Goods or Albertsons or um, I think a few other ones like 7-Eleven and a ton that maybe they don't even announce, but they have some merchandising in there. But at that point, the only hole they had was like a mass retailer. They didn't have that partner in mass retail. And, and I guess the one that you would want above anybody else would be Walmart. Um, so because of that, I was kind of saying, they're going to figure out a way to, to work with Walmart. They're going to figure out a way to try to, you know, be a store within a store concept where they were going to figure out taking over some of the merchandising. Maybe they're just going to sell some private label, whatever it was they needed to be with Walmart. And I guess the most important reason is that a lot of the people that are buying a wellness product today, maybe are not at the kind of stage that they would walk into a GNC. Yeah. There is a little bit still of, you know, kind of past um, culture things or, or things that a, a, a consumer looks at and says, it's a little bit intimidating. I don't know if I want to walk into that store. They are already shopping at a Walmart. It's easier for them to pick up a vitamin, mineral, or a supplement or sports nutrition product there. And hopefully after they buy that GNC product, they'll like it. They'll start to kind of elevate their journey. And then they'll walk into a GNC store and then look for the full experience. But you gotta, gotta kind of give them an entry fee and, and kind of get that brand going. So that's what I think GNC really did well. I think it's a really great move. Obviously the execution needs to be there. This is still like a new announcement, but just from the idea concept, great. I've really applauded them for that and just trying to think about their business and their brand like as a more global brand and, and trying to get out of just, you know, only their store. Cause their customers everywhere, they can't keep them just going into the store. That's too much friction today. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the vitamin shop on the other hand, um, and they just started franchising for the first time in, in their yeah. company's history. Uh, do you think that's a smart move for them? Yeah, I think that's a, I wouldn't say it's a, we don't know because we don't know yet. I think right. that some, of the, some within the industry are a little bit hesitant because I think they've seen maybe the difference between corporate and franchise on the on the GNC side and they're thinking there's going to be a similar kind of thing there. What I've probably tried to tell a lot of the industry is that the bigger owner of Vitamin Shop is a company called the Franchise Group. Their only focus is franchises. They That's what they do. I mean, they own a ton of different retail names that are franchised or they are turning them into franchises. So they're hardcore operators and strategy people within franchises. So they're going to be able to put together a really good game plan for Vitamin Shop to execute from day one. So I think it's a time for people to just kind of give them a little bit of leeway. Hopefully they can get this thing going. I think they're doing a ton of like kind of interviews right now. They're opening up new markets or trying to open up new markets. They're also looking to, I think, refranchise some of the existing kind of corporate stores. So I think it's going to be like a really good move for them. I think it opens up um, some opportunities for them. I think they're going to be looking at both domestic and international opportunities. And the biggest thing for Vitamin Shop has been that they haven't really focused on their brand. Um, they've been a place that sells other brands, but they mm -hmm. haven't really focused on their brand. And I think 
this is going to help kind of solidify that a little bit more because they are focusing on their private label. They're focusing on building up that vitamin shop brand. Um, so again, another kind of good idea, but so early that we're going to kind of have to see if it ends up working out the way that I hope, or I think it's going to work out, but I definitely am positive about both of their futures. Definitely different than if we talked, um, and I think we did actually talk before the pandemic just, started. Just yeah, before, yeah, yeah. And and I think they were in a much different place. And then that first couple of months of the pandemic, it was like, Ooh, I don't know if they're going to make it. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, GNC had to go through a bankruptcy and reorganization. But um, now they're in a, in a much stronger position. I think the market has been really excited about just health and fitness and wellness and, and kind of implementing that into their lifestyles. So they're really set up and they're thinking about their business in a lot, I guess, more advanced way than they had in the past. So I'm a lot more bullish today than when we talked before. And hopefully they just kind of keep thinking and leaning in and, and looking forward because I think that there's still a ton of space for both of those brands. They just have to really carve out like what they're about and like what they're gonna wake up each day and say, hey, customer, this is why you should shop with us. If they can define that each day, they're gonna do well. Okay. And you've made a few pr predictions in the past about things and, and just looking ahead at some of these specialty retailers, what do you think's next for them the next 12, 18 months? What do you expect to see? I think both of them are going to be kind of what I was mentioning before. I think they're really going to be both focusing on like what they are to the customer, really defining like their brand and being able to communicate that with the customer. Um, because I think both of those brands, uh, GNC and, and Vitamin Shop, are very different. They um, have different customer personas in terms of who they go after. Even though they do have some crossover, I don't think they're as um, main competitors, I think, as a lot of people maybe uh, assume. So I think they're going to carve out those niches a lot stronger. They're going to focus on their brand a lot more and hopefully be able to you know, find their people, find their tribe, or, or however they want to describe that, and make sure that they can... Um, kind of zone in on that and focus a lot more. I also think you're going to see both of them really kind of look at their products and their brand as kind of extensions outside of their four walls. So again, more using their private label to build their brand. So Vitamin Shop was kind of using some of those partnership um, strategies that GNC was as well, but they backed off because of last year they were kind mm -hmm. of you know trying to figure out. I think the first one that they did was an LA Fitness or another gym chain that like all of a sudden they closed. So that kind of stumbled in terms of the, that execution, but they've done a good job on partnerships as, as in general. So I think they're going to be looking at doing that as well. I don't know who and, and when they'll kind of announce those things, but I definitely think they're going to be looking to move their brand um, and their products out to more customers in the future. But I think both of them have a pretty bright future over the next 12 to 18 months. It just kind of comes down to if the market is going to continually stay focused on health and wellness. Are they going to, uh, you know, inside the, the retailers, are they going to be able to actually find the right customers and just consistently give them a reason to come back? I think is the most important thing where each day they can't get complacent and they have to really kind of say, this is why you come and spend your dollars with me because there's so many substitutes in the market today. There's so many different, you know, you can go to Walmart, you can go to Amazon, you can go anywhere to buy these supplements now. So why shop with those retail brands, mm -hmm. I think is really where they need to focus. And if they do, it'll be great. A couple okay. of uh, next 12 to 18 months. All right, Joshua Shaw, I always appreciate your expertise. <laughs> you always have your finger on the, the retail pulse. Oh, Thank thanks. you so Thank much. Thank you, Daniel. I uh, appreciate it.